This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. Eight, nine years ago when Old Flame started, the craft brewing industry was very much right at that junction before it like, really took off. A lot of people were drinking and enjoying a cold Budweiser, Bud Light, Rickards Red, Canadian. You know, that, that was that era. Just all the brands are different, but the beers were the same. And so you had this movement of brewers who were bringing, you know, that creativity, that innovation into the space. And so they were coming out with some really big beers like IPAs, double IPAs, and dark beers and high alcohol beers. It was extremely exciting. That's Richard Park, brewmaster and VP of operations at Old Flame Brewing Company. Hey, Richard, welcome to the show. Hi, Mary. How are you? Happy to be on. I am excited to have you on. I want to talk a little more about you, your business. So tell us about yourself and Old Flame Brewing Company. Yeah, it'd be my pleasure. Um, so my name is Richard Park. I'm 30 years old. Uh, I think the first the first stuff I like to talk about is, um, you know, the hats that I like to wear. You know, I have the father hat, the husband hat, the son hat, you know, the brother hat, um, and then ultimately all the hats I wear at Old Flame. But uh, I spent predominantly most of my young life in Newmarket, Ontario. I went to elementary school, high school there. And then, um, and then I did the whole set off to the big city in Toronto, uh, where I got my university degree in business. Um, and then from there, I was very fortunate enough to start my career in beer. While I'm currently trying to uh, lead and manage a very small craft brewery, uh, I started my career at the world's largest um, at Anheuser-Busch InBev um, in their Canadian division at Labatt. And uh, I started my career in a job called the Global Management Trainee Program. And so the point of that program was to kind of take in a cohort of young kids um, and kind of show them the realm of uh, the business world and put them through different rotations in marketing, finance, sales. Um, and as a business student, I always had this uh, keen um, interest in the commercial side. That's just kind of where I was leaning towards. Um, but then, you know, serendipitously, I got an opportunity to do a project at the Montreal Brewery, uh, where I kind of went in with, you know, big eyes and, you know, new to everything. And it was so fascinating. I always tell people that my first time in a brewery felt like I was on the set of uh, Popular Mechanics for Kids. Um, that was like a show I used to watch all the time growing up in the morning before school. Right. And, uh, you know, Labette, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I'm very thankful because they allowed me to explore my curiosity. Um, they continued to give me opportunities, even as a business school student, in, you know, engineering type production roles in the operation side of the business. And so very shortly, I got to spend some time after Montreal in the Edmonton Brewery, uh, in the London Brewery here in Ontario. I spent a little bit of time in the St. Louis Brewery in the U.S. um, And it just kind of kept digging that hole. And I love that I had no place to be there. You know, I was just, who is this kid um, in this environment? And, um, you know, fast forward, that itch continued to uh, grow bigger and bigger. And um, in addition to just kind of having that larger corporate, you know, view, uh, I went back to school at Niagara College uh, here in Ontario, the Brewmasters program. Because I wanted to to be able to actually learn how to make product from scratch. Okay, so brewing was a happy accident. A hundred percent it was. Because I'll tell you this right now, Mary, if you were to have a hundred brewers on your show, I'm almost certain a hundred of them never imagined they would be a brewer. You know, it's different, right? In the in Germany, um, their educational program is very vocational. So, you know, uh, 
uh, young people know kind of where they're heading pretty early on. And, and the brewing culture there is, is quite significant. But, you know, in Canada, we're just kind of always, you know, the craft brewing industry was still new 10 years ago. And so the idea of working and making a living making beer, that was still relatively new. Then, uh, you know, fast forward, I did I had a wonderful time um, at Niagara College, finished the brewmaster's program. And um, coming out of that, uh, there was really only one brewery I, I knew I wanted to work at. That was Old Flame Brewing Company, um, originally based out of Port Perry, Ontario. Um, and the reason that is, is uh, I have a very good, wonderful, long uh, relationship with the president and founder here, Jack Doak. His relationship and I, you know, I could spend a whole podcast episode talking about that. But, you know, ultimately, he was my friend's dad. He was just Mr. Doak. And then when I started my career at Labatt, he was at that time just writing the business plan for Old Flame. And so at that time, he just said, hey, Rich, I know you're going to business school. So take a look at this business plan. Tell me what you think. And right away, you could feel something special. And so uh, probably around uh, 2014, him and I started our beer careers at the same time. Fast forward three, four years, you know, the brewery's up and running. Port Perry's now built up. I've gotten this amazing world-class education from Labatt. And I go to brewing school and I'm just like, hey, Jack, you ready? And he's like, I'm ready. And uh, we just kind of jumped on board. And what is it now? It's 2022, five years in, and we haven't looked back. And, and since then, we've, we've done some really special things. Oh, that is amazing. What an amazing story. It's like it's full circle. In hindsight, it feels so connected, right? But in the moments, though, it felt, it felt so crazy. Are you up for a couple of games? Absolutely. Okay, we're going to start with this or that. Okay, coffee or tea? Coffee. Introvert or extrovert? Introvert, but complicated. I think it's a spectrum, <laughs> right? Depends on the day. Dog or cat? Dogs. Got two poodles at home. Ah, football or basketball? Definitely basketball. But I played both growing up. Both great sports. A morning person or an evening person? Um, I'm probably more of a morning person. Because I was telling you, right, this is this is me without caffeine. So imagine, imagine with caffeine. <laughs> so pancakes or waffles? I grew up on Eggos, so waffles. Waffles, comedy or horror? Comedy, because I can't do horror. I like it; just doesn't happen for me. Yeah, I'm one of those people where I kind of cover my eyes and I and I just kind of open them up a little bit to look, and then I'm like, yeah. I can't look. Yeah, why, why am I paying money and spending my time to make myself feel that? I don't know. I never understood yeah. it. <laughs> Take us on a tour of your spaces because you've got some locations that are not really meant for a brewery, right? So in Newmarket, you're set up in the old fire hall, which I absolutely adore. Uh, it's on Main Street and in Port Perry, it's a carriage works factory. Mm-hmm. Okay. So given my background, given my age bracket and just kind of where the world is heading, I have a lot of friends in the tech sector who are working on remote work, who are working on, you know, platforms like Zoom and this whole idea of advancing technology. And so lately, one of the things we talk about at Old Flame is the reason we exist is that we want to be guardians of what we call the original human connection. And that's sitting in front of somebody, clinking glasses together, sharing the ambiance of an, of an inspired space. And so to answer your question, you know, if you rewind 10 years ago, uh, we decided we were going to put our first brewery in Port Perry, Ontario, this beautiful, small, quaint, lakeside town. But the beautiful part about Port Perry is it's, about, it's only an hour away from Toronto. It was uh, originally an 1800s carriage works factory. So all the horse buggies that you can kind of imagine in those old westerns were built there. In between then and now, it, it went through a lot of different versions of itself. 
And right before we went in, it was a, uh, I don't know if you remember these, Mary, but uh, kind of like a post post prohibition LCBO. Right. Okay. Uh, so then the LCBO relocated and the space was vacant. And it, it truly is uh, fascinating because this is ultimately one of Jack's uh, skill set is to be able to see a space, not as is, but as it should be. And so you can imagine it would have just been a very boring building with stucco and just drywall. And it was very bland. But he had the, 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 you know, the whereabouts or the thought to go, let's understand the history of the building. If we probably uh, strip back the wall, it's probably going to expose some brick. And you started kind of, we started that project and we started to like, it wasn't about adding to the space, but taking away and revealing its true character. And then one of the beautiful things, one of the beautiful things that happened is we took the ceiling off and the, the wooden beams, we started seeing char marks um, and they were burnt. This building had burned down three times and we were going to put a brewery called Old Flame. No way. Three times. Three times. And so just this idea that, wow, we couldn't have picked a better spot. And so um, the team at the time, uh, they did a, a labor of love for about 11 months to restore and bring back um, the building to its true form, um, exposing all the original brick outside, inside, um, you know, obviously retrofitting certain um, areas of the building that we needed to be fit for uh, a brewing system and things like that. Um, and then ultimately, um, we were able to take home a lot of recognition and awards for the revitalization and restoration of the building. And so um, if, if, if uh, your listeners will kind of walk with me, uh, you'll enter the building <clears throat> just down the street. You'll see kind of the lake glistening. Uh, you'll come in uh, through the front doors. You'll kind of a gentle slope up uh, to the front entrance. You'll come in, you'll open the double doors and it'll be a pretty vast open space. You know, you'll see um, all of the freshly imported German grain bags along the side that kind of guide you in. You'll come in, you'll see uh, this beautiful black and white painting, probably uh, seven feet by five feet of the original uh, building in its historic form, followed by this big boardroom table that you can kind of bring your family and friends and sit down on. And then you'll kind of turn a left and you'll see a stage uh, where we invite local musicians and acts and people from the community to perform for our, our patrons. You'll have plentiful seating arrangements, you know, all of which are, you know, reclaimed wood and, and restored type look, that nostalgic vibe. Uh, then you'll go, you'll keep walking, you'll have this beautiful bar that's built of bricks and wood. And the bricks that we used to construct the bar um, were actually the original brick from the building that was just un was unusable for the actual structural walls. So we took them off and then we constructed a bar with that. And then what you'll do is you'll turn a quick right uh, and then you'll look at you know a bay door that'll open up in the summertime um, so that even if you're inside, you feel like you're outside. You know, one of my favorite days is when the bay doors are up and it's raining and you can hear the pitter patter outside of the courtyard um, and you can have a beer inside uh, while you kind of get that cool, fresh, rainy day feels. And then kind of walk through the bar. Uh, then there's kind of like two glass swinging doors that kind of expose the first parts of the brew house. Um, and you start to see a little bit of stainless steel. And, and really the reason we did that is we're, we're inviting our customers and our community just to kind of poke their heads back. And our brewing team, we love that. We have, you know, uh, about approximately 
you know, it's two to 3,000 square feet of production space, just a bunch of stainless steel tanks. I, you know, I always tell people it's just a, it's a big kitchen. You know, there's the hot side, there's the cold side, but ultimately, you know, we're just cooking back there. And, you know, you just kind of go through, there's the cellar, there's all the fermenters, the mill is there. Amazing. I mean, and speaking of locations, you've got a third location opening up. Congratulations. I appreciate uh, it. Thank you. This one's slotted for uh, this fall, I believe, in Toronto's distillery district. Yes. So what's the story behind that space? Because you mentioned that every space has a story. Yes. What's the story behind that one? The distillery district, even though it's our third, uh, we very much feel like we're going home. Um, and the reason we feel like we're going home is because a lot of the work that we put in the Port Perry location and the Newmarket location um, was inspired by the distillery district. And so um, I think I think uh, I think the listeners will will appreciate this little fun quirk. But uh, the distillery district was purchased and the work began in 2001 uh, during the SARS pandemic. Okay, and then. It was ironic for me that we were going to go and add something to the distillery district and have those conversations during the COVID pandemic. And so these pandemics, as difficult as they've been, they, they leave opportunities. You know, I always try to look for the silver linings in that way. There's a story that Jack loves to tell that, uh, you know, when the distillery district started to build itself about 10, 15 years ago, he would walk through that space just as an entrepreneur to get inspired didn't know exactly how it was going to come to fruition, but just understood that at some point in his life, he was going to be. And so after opening the Port Perry location in 2013, you know, we, we did a very ambitious play during the COVID pandemic and opened our new market location in 2020. You know, we were riding the audacious high there, you know, just asking why not, why not us? And so we reached out to uh, the distillery district partners and said, hey, is there an opportunity? One of the life lessons in that for me is, oh man, just ask sometimes because you never know what people are going to say. Yeah. And it's a gorgeous space. Everything in the distillery district. So picturesque. It's so unique. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Love it. Yeah. And, um, you know, so much of our brand is rooted in nostalgia and storytelling. It just fits in where you have a horse carriage factory, you have an old fire home, you have what was once North America's largest whiskey producing site. And then um, from a product side, each location will serve a certain purpose from a product development point of view. And so Port Perry now will be affectionately known as our logger house. Newmarket will be uh, known as our ale house, where we'll do um, some really cool seasonals and experimentals. And then the distillery district, given its history in a whiskey and barrel usage. Oh, I was hoping you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're going to do a barrel program out of there. And, you know, we have friends just down the street. Spirit of York, who are going to be using barrels to do their uh, whiskeys and gins. And once they're done, the hope is that it comes over to our space and we'll start to use our beers into those barrels, give them a second life and build these beautiful uh, inspired recipes that are you know, not only uh, unique to the space, but something that our community has been asking for for a long time. I'm Mary Mammoliti and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Master Brewer and VP of Operations of Old Flame Brewing in Newmarket, Ontario, Richard Park. Let's talk about beer. Yes. Okay, so like what's on tap at Old Flame? Um, eight years ago, when uh, eight, nine years ago, when Old Flame started, the craft brewing industry was very much um, right at that junction before it like really took off. 
And one of the exciting things that the craft brewing industry uh, was bringing to the table at the time was, hey, rather than all these, you know, macro beers that are four or five percent light, you know, and just all the brands are different, but the beers were the same. And so you had this movement of brewers who were bringing, you know, that creativity, that innovation into the space. And so they were coming out with some really big beers like IPAs, double IPAs and dark beers and high alcohol beers. And, you know, it was extremely exciting. And so we came into the Port Perry community and we, you know, we had a pretty good understanding of what people were drinking. You know, a lot of people were drinking and enjoying a cold Budweiser, Bud Light, Rickards Red, Canadian, you know, that, that was that era. And so rather than taking and getting people to do that full jump with us, we said, hey, let's come in and produce what we call traditional German lagers. We came out with four original recipes. One was a red Vienna lager, a Helles lager, a Munich Dunkel, and the other was a Keller Helles, which is an unfiltered version of the Helles lager. And so you had these uh, beers that had range that ranged from light to amber to, uh, to brunette. Um, on the color spectrum, you had all of these different, really cool, nuanced malt flavors. I always tell people malt and coffee beans are very much, are very similar. You can have light roast all the way to dark roast and how that impacts flavor and color. But nothing overly bitter, nothing overly astringent, nothing that would, you know, make someone go, ah, this isn't for me. It was all, again, that point of accessibility. Okay, so someone, someone like me, I drink beer but it's not my first choice. So if I came in and I wanted to experiment and I wanted to really get into it in different types of flavor, what would you recommend as a starter and then kind of move from there? What is your first go-to drink? Definitely something light, something blonde, like something light. Are you drinking like, a, are you going for a white wine? Are you like a Pinot Gris? Like, is that kind of what you're reaching oh, for? Like if you could I'm, pick right away? I'm a little bit of everything. So right now I do like a white, um, I love a little Pinot. Um, I'm definitely a gin drinker. And in beers, I always lean towards the lighter. So like the blondes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that'll be primarily driven by the malt character. And so if, if you kind of came up to an old flame and that's what you told us, there'd probably be two beers that we recommend to. One is our just classic Hellas Lager, 5%. Uh, North American premium lager, it won a gold medal in 2020 across Canada. Um, super easy drinking. It's really, it's, it's that, you know, if you got it in kind of our uh, branded glassware, you know, it's filtered, it's clear, it's crystal. It's got that light uh, hue, yellow hue, a little bit golden. Um, and when people think of like your standard beer, that's our best version of that. But then if you wanted something a little lighter than that, we had uh, what we call no regrets, a 2.9% uh, premium light. One, I would just order it for the name. I love it. But the best way to kind of learn about beers at Old Flame is we, we have what's, what's called a flight program. And so rather than committing to a full pint, you can kind of get these small four ounce glasses and you can get four of the different kinds. And so we'll give you a couple that we think you'll love. And then we'll ask you to, in our own kind of quirky way to expand and try and experiment and, uh, and do something that you wouldn't have done anywhere else. And so uh, we always try to encourage that at our breweries. 
See, I love that. I love it because I get to taste and try every single one. I'm all about options. 100%. Do you have any interesting seasonal experiments that you are brewing right now? Um, there's a couple that come to mind. So in Port Perry, one of the ones that I'm really excited about, our malt, it comes from Bamberg, from a multi-generation family-owned uh, maltster called uh, Wireman. One of the innovations that they recently started this year, or at the end of really last year, uh, is they found an heirloom malt, a malt that would have been used hundreds of years ago that they've now uh, found a way to produce at scale. It's called Isaria 1924. And so we'll be one of the first breweries in Ontario to test that malt up here for our community. And so we'll produce a really, really interesting um, lager uh, out of this heirloom malt. We have no idea what it's going to taste like, but we know it's going to have character. And so we're really excited. And I think we're brewing that this Friday. And then um, in Newmarket, while we've been predominantly a lager brewery, craft lager brewery, actually Canada's most awarded craft lager brewery, in fact, if you don't mind me just kind of, you know, putting that in. Plug away. That's fantastic. If it were me, I would have started with that. I'm just saying. <laughs> but um, in Newmarket, one of the recipes or styles that we've been experimenting with are sours. Have you ever had a sour, Mary? Yes. Let's explain to everyone who maybe doesn't know quickly what a sour is. Yeah, a sour uh, is, a, is a really interesting recipe. You know, it's new to many of us um, in the craft beer community, but it's, it's extremely historic in nature. The specific sour that we are uh, producing is called the Berliner Weiss. Um, and what you do essentially is you're essentially souring the malt. You know, it, it's almost kind of letting something go bad on purpose. And what we'll do is we'll monitor the pH level. For us, we don't want it overly sour. We want everything that we do, you know, one of some of the principles that we use in, in all of our breweries and our breweries is uh, less is more, subtlety is key, and balance is, is the goal always. And so we recently came out with a passion fruit sour, a raspberry lemonade sour, um, and then right now in the works, we're working on a blackberry sour. And so, you know, it's really fun to see kind of our community go and just see us kind of stretch and flex different muscles and different recipes. Whether people realize it or not, a lot of meals, a lot of foods that we eat, they are linked to some of the most incredibly happy moments in our lives. Is there a cherished food memory that brings you right back to that moment in time? Yeah, absolutely. Old Flame's tagline is uh, moments worth remembering. And it's very much that exact thing. As much as we are an award-winning craft lager brewery, as much as we put effort into the beer, the beer is secondary to what's happening in front of me. And so to go to your question, you know, even just yesterday, uh, there's a very um, common uh, Korean dish. Uh, it's called seaweed soup. Miyoko in Korean. Um, and just the whole time, right? I'm just trying, every time I make it, I'm just trying to make it like so that it tastes like my mom's. And that whole time, you're just thinking about mom and you're just kind of, it's, it's more than just the ingredients and you're just kind of experimenting and all those things. And so it's a very, you know, food, you know, people uh, talk about love language and things like that. So for me, you know, acts of service and cooking and the food, it's a very emotional it can't, or it can be. Yeah, I mean, I come from an Italian background, so food for us was a way of us expressing how we felt about you, um, inviting people in. Everything was, we, we congregated around food. And, and so that plays a big part in my life, even as an adult, it's an expression. So I, I totally get that. Okay, we're going to go on to fill in the blanks. 
I'm always late to blank. Oh, late. I'm late to sleep. I'm, 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 I should be sleeping way earlier. Always late to bed. Blank is how I temporarily escape. Oh, oh, uh, working out. If I could go anywhere right now, I would go to blank. So actually, uh, my, my wife's dream is to, uh, to go to Cinque Terre with me. So Italy's there. I want to try blank. Ooh, I'm right now trying to like find some pockets of time to go uh, get some guitar lessons. Oh, that's good. I deserve a gold medal in blank. Oh, that's interesting. I deserve a gold medal in... I don't know. I'm pretty... I'm pretty... I'm pretty punctual. I put this question out on social media and some of the answers were absolutely hilarious. One said I deserve a gold medal in napping. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. It's, that's a tough one. Well, I ask every single one of my guests to share a kitchen confession with us. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, if you're not laughing at yourself, you're probably not having a good time. Um, it's just one of the, you know, the mantras I live, I live by. And so, you know, I, I, I'm that prolific guy at home who wait for water to boil without turning the uh, kitchen element on. <laughs> I'm, I'm that guy who leaves the element on too long. You know, whether it's like me getting lost in my own, you know, headspace or whatnot. But then the worst part is it also sometimes translates to the brewery. And I'm trying to bring this work to a boil and the steam's not on or something <laughs> like that. You know, it's... Uh, You're wondering what is happening. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. And it's just always that moment of, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Every oh, time. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I can, I, I can relate to that. Well, if listeners want to reach out, they want to find you, they want to find Old Flame, where can they go? What can they do? Plug away, please. Yeah, so um, the best way to get an idea of who we are is follow us on Instagram at Old Flame Brewery. Um, and then uh, if there's any need to reach out to me directly, you can reach me at, uh, at my email, richard at oldflamebrewingco.ca. Amazing. Um, and I, I love it's that time we've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchenconfession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mammolini. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.